0: Hello. Welcome back to Not Just Paleo. I'm your host, Evan Brand. Thanks for joining me. You definitely want to go visit my website. I know you're here for the podcast, but I've released a new three-part video series that is free on my website. You go to the homepage, you'll see my face, and you'll see three-part video series, you'll click the button. It says, Start Video Course Now. This is a three-part series that I've released for free that covers the most common stressors and how to solve them. I guarantee you're dealing with at least one of these three issues that I cover in this three-part series, and there's no catch. So go to the website, you click the big red button as soon as you get to my website, and you type in your email, which puts you on the email list and then gives you access to... Several different free bonuses. I've created a new parasite and gut health ebook that is free when you sign up for this free video series. So it's a win win. And you can also schedule a 15 minute free consult back at my site, notjustpaleo.com. Here we go. I'm fired up about drugs. So let's talk about some drugs today.
1: Nice. Oh, by the way, this is your uh, first podcast uh, after your newborn.
0: I guess it is. I didn't realize that. Yeah. She- yeah one of our friends actually made us a not just paleo branded onesie and she's wearing that today so i'll have to put a picture up on my social media if people want to stalk me they can
1: awesome and your daughter's name is summer right that's right love it excellent yeah pretty cool and i actually in between i got a dog and my new dog's name is butter nice which i love because she melts in my lap she sits in my lap almost all day, even even while on the calls with my patients. It's really cool. Nice. What is she? She looks like a Shih Tzu, kind of, but not really. Yeah, she's kind of like a Jack Russell and a Yorkie. She's about 10 pounds. She's a little paleo doggy. She gets all grain-free, biologically appropriate, raw, uh, good quality foods, grass-fed meat. You know, dogs are pretty much obligate carnivorous, you know, mainly uh, meat and such. So yeah, she does really good and she's pretty healthy. Good to hear. Love it. Cool, man. Well, we both got some major changes in our life, probably uh, a lot more for you than for me Yeah, with, with the child here and then me got my nice little dog. So love it. And I got two two cats and a dog and you're just on what? You got one dog and a... One dog and, and, a, one and a daughter. Yeah. Nice. Great. Very cool. Well, let's uh, riff on here the proton pump inhibitor topic. whole bunch of different drugs out there in that family, a couple of common names are Nexium, Prilosec or, or Omniprazole is also uh, the purple pill nexium Let's see um pepto but no, not apapethbesmo nexium any others that you you combine there's like about 8 of them 10 of them out there they have so many different names yeah, it's honestly so hard many. to keep up yeah pantoprazole esomeprazole yeah i mean anything that ends in a prazole is basically going to be your proton pump inhibitor. You have the purple pill, which is Nexium, your Prilosec, Omeprazole, is the over-the-counter version of Prilosec. And again, all these drugs, they just block hydrochloric acid. So they're proton pump inhibitors. What's a proton? That's basically hydrogen. So it's preventing hydrogen, which is a positive charged uh, atom from binding to chloride and forming hydrochloric acid. So that's how it's working. It's mechanism of action is it's preventing those hydrochloric acids from being secreted in the uh stomach and binding to chloride and forming that nice acidic uh pH, which is really important we know from activating proteolytic enzymes, enzymes that help break down protein.
0: Absolutely. And if you look at Dr. Wright's book Why Stomach Acid Is Good For You, we see he tracked several different people. I believe he used, I can't remember the name of it, but the capsule that was actually like inserted the t- the piece of technology that inserted into the stomach to measure. Yeah, yeah it's so called it's
1: called the Heidelberg test.
0: Yeah. I believe he did the Heidelberg test on all these patients or people in his studies and he showed after age 20, your hydrochloric acid production begins to steadily drop until you die basically. And So we're taking people that already have low stomach acid if they're 40, 45 years old, starting to get heartburn, indigestion, bloating and these other symptoms and they're lowering that HCL level even more, which I just had a note here from Healthline that was talking about PPIs. Several studies now link PPIs to a higher risk of pneumonia and an infection of bacteria, which is C. diff, the Clostridium difficile that you and I see often on organic acids results. So this is not just your gut that's affected here. There's other places in the body that can really start to dysfunction if you have low stomach acid and therefore you're not breaking down
1: your food and absorbing your nutrients anymore. Right and then again where these proton pump inhibitors work is they work on the stomach in particularly the parietal cells. And the parietal cells these cells also produce intrinsic factor which is like this binding compound that helps bind to B12. So B12 in your diet then hits the intrinsic factor made by the parietal cells. It then gets reabsorbed at the end of your small intestine in an area called the uh ileum. So Binds the B12 in the stomach, and then it reabsorbs it in the ileum. So when we have issues with the parietal cells, we can also we also may have issues with intrinsic factor. There are things called uh, pernicious anemia. So the more we have gut dysfunction, greater chance we're going to have stomach breakdown issues. And then we typically go on proton pump inhibitors. And there's a greater chance there we may have B12 or anemia issues that are B vitamin based after the fact.
0: Great. So, I mean, in terms of PPIs, I remember not long ago they were all prescription drug commercials. Now things like
1: Nexium are available over the counter. Isn't that right? Yeah, well, I'm pretty sure Omniprozole is over-the-counter now for sure, and that was basically Pralosec. That was a, you know, a big, big, multi-billion-dollar drug. I, I think these drugs we mentioned before the show, they're like in, always in the top four, top five uh, money-making drugs. And the problem is when you, when you take a proton pump inhibitor, right? I mentioned a proton, something like hydrogen, and it works with your hydrogen-potassium pump system in the body, which we mentioned affects hydrogen being produced via the parietal cells in the stomach forming hydrochloric acid, but there's other areas of the body where these hydrogen potassium pumps are being interfered with and that can affect ATP production, thus your mitochondria. So we see lots of people come back on their organic acid testing with weakened mitochondrial dysfunction. We'll see the organic acid super low or super high, we'll see things like cysticonotate or uh, aconotate. We'll see different markers like uh, L-lactate and amino acid markers low for CoQ10, various B vitamins. And it's possible that a proton pump inhibitor could be affecting some of those organic acid markers, thus affecting your body's ability to generate ATP and energy.
0: Ah, uh, So let me probe you a little bit further on that. So you're saying here the cascade of problems that happens is we have this PPI, we're lowering the stomach acid. So now we're spending our hard earned money on grass fed beef but we're not actually cleaving the iron and the vitamins and the amino acids from that protein,
1: right? So we'll show up with very low amino acids on the organics, is that what you're saying? Correct. And there's even research showing that people that take thyroid hormone and are on PPIs have to actually increase their thyroid hormone dosage. So it doesn't only just affect that, it can even affect medications that are natural in origin. So being on these PPIs, I call it like it's the first domino of of your health destruction because anytime you impair digestion, you impair all the nutrients that are needed to run your body's energy systems, hormone systems, detox systems, neurotransmitter and mood systems. So once you start shorting those systems out, any type of short means increase in symptoms. It means depression. It means anxiety. It means PMS. It means fatigue. And so basically our ATP is part of how our body generates energy aerobically And the more our body is forced to generate energy anaerobically, it's going to lead to more fatigue.
0: Right. So It's going to lead
1: to more fatigue. Go ahead.
0: And I was just going to say now, if you stack someone who already has mitochondrial issues, they're not producing enough ATP, and then you take that and combine it with a toxic load, say they're still getting exposed to glyphosate, which new piece of research came out and said 93% of people have glyphosate, the pesticide used in non-organic food that is going to increase the toxic load the mitochondria can't do their work even more so things like organic diet become even more important than before especially if you have this compromised gut issue the number number 2 drug in all US pharmaceuticals is nexium and you and i were looking at the stats so and that's it, the purple pill yeah so it looks like less than 10 million but Well, on the way to $10 million worth of this drug is being sold
1: per year. Right. Now, here's the triad, right? People come in or they first get their medication for a Prilosec or a proton pump inhibitor, right? Then the next thing that's going to happen is they may start to have mood issues. Now they're going to be on antidepressant. Okay. So now they have acid blocking meds. Now they have a mood issue. Now they start having fatigue, right? And then with fatigue comes like ADD. So now they're on like an upper. They're on like a, a methamphetamine. Like a vivance. Like a Stratera, a Vivance, or an Adderall. So now they're on an upper, right? They're on a proton pump inhibitor. And they're also on a mood medication for the depression. Now they're anxious all the time because they're on a methamphetamine half the day, right? So now they're on Xanax or some kind of benzodiazepine. So, all these things start to happen. If they're a guy, they'll probably start to have low libido because a lot of the side effects of antidepressants are low libido. So, now the libido starts going down. They can't get it up in the bed. Now they're on Viagra. And now, because they're so inflamed, their cholesterol is going high because their body's ridiculously inflamed. So, you can see, right, the domino of destruction is acid blocking medication, followed by mood drug, followed by stimulant followed by anti-anxiety, followed by anti-libido, followed by statin. Oh. And it's, it's a common, it's a co- common, common pattern. And not to mention people that tend to have all those type of uh, problems all send me be inflamed. And when they're inflamed, they're also on what else? Pain medication, right? So then it's gabapentin, then it's um, embril, then it's an ibuprofen, NSAID. Uh, The older meds would have been like a Celebrex or a Vioxx and those killed a lot of people too. So again, these medications aren't fun to be on. The more problems, the more mitochondrial dysfunction, the more energy. And then as soon as you get on an ibuprofen, even though it's over the counter, I mean, Wolf et al, 1999, American Journal of Medicine, 20,000 people die a year taking it properly. These aren't meds you want to be on as a lifestyle medication. Right, right. And then you already alluded to it a little bit. The leaky
0: gut situation going on, the liver burden there, potential autoimmune disease from all of this, because now you're set up for bacterial overgrowths and candida problems and parasitic
1: infections. And it gets scary pretty quick, doesn't it? It does. And I didn't even touch upon the SIBO part because yeah. you mentioned it earlier, right? When you lower, I should say, when you lower the um, hydrochloric acid levels, you essentially raise the pH, right? Because we need hydrochloric acid levels to be high. the ph to be low so essentially when we when we decrease hydrochloric acid levels that ph goes high we have impaired digestion and that increases chance for opportunistic pathogens your staff your strep uh your clostridia like you mentioned your campylobacter all those different pathogens start overgrowing that increases chance of leaky gut we talked about these pathogens having these dangerous metabolites such as um let the cholic acid or endotoxin or LPS, which can go, create leaky gut, and then cross the blood-brain barrier and create mood issues, but it also can drive more SIBO, right? Because SIBO is going to be essentially bad bacteria moving its way up, and we know SIBO symptoms cause IBS, so then it's more medications, right? You'll be on mesalamine or some type of prokinetic or anti-diarrheal medication. I know you were diagnosed with IBS, and they put you on a whole litany of meds, and this could all potentially stem from proton pump inhibitors.
0: Yeah, they tried to. I never filled the prescriptions thank god i denied them all and you and i were looking at some other research which i just sent you the link to that we can put in the show notes is 73,000 people that were 75 years of age or older and free of dementia were analyzed and they found that people had people that were receiving regular PPI medication 77% of them had a significant increased risk of dementia compared to patients that were not receiving PPI. So we look at all of these places. I just saw a new giant complex got built right down the street, like a assisted senior care facility primarily targeted towards Alzheimer's and dementia. Think of how many of those people are put on PPIs. I know we have parents and grandparents listening. That's That's a big deal, and we're always seeing these campaigns of fight for the cure, run for the cure, how about just avoidance and that was the conclusion of this research here. The avoidance of PPI medication may prevent the development of dementia. So this literally, you've done a great job of elaborating this, this literally spreads out like a spider web into every aspect of our civilization.
1: Yeah, absolutely and by the way, any type, anyone that tells you they have a cure for something, run for the hills. And the reason why – even when it comes to cancer, when it comes to any type of disease, the reason why there can't be a cure is because when there is multiple causes, there can never be a cure, right? Because think about it. For there to be a drug, a drug has to work on – it works at a mechanistic level. So for instance, proton pump inhibitors, what's the mechanism? It, re, it inhibits proton pump uh, it inhibits the proton pumps. It inhibits the hydro- hydrogen crossing that you know potassium membrane and creating hydrochloric acid. That's how it works. But what if your acid burn was from drinking too much water while you ate, or eating too much gluten, or having a lot of emotional stress and eating while you're driving? So do you see how there could be multiple different causes, or it could just be old age because. Dr. Jonathan Wright showed that as you get older, hydrochloric acid levels drop. It could be a gut infection. So how can we have a cure that fixes all of those different causes? We can't. Now what may happen, let's say I just got you meditating and got you eating in a more quiet environment, that may help a lot of people but it will never be the cure for everyone. It will never be the catch-all but it will probably help everyone else. But in conjunction, we can never say it's a cure because only drugs can essentially cure someone, right? According to FDA rules. But what we are trying to do and what our focus is on is getting the underlying causes addressed. And someone may have the same diagnosis, disease, or set of symptoms that are caused by a different set of underlying causes. So we kind of focus on the big five or 10 underlying causes for each issue. And that gives us the greatest chance of helping that person's symptoms resolving.
0: Absolutely. Well said. If that segment, that two to three minute segment were aired on national news, it would be the most viral piece
1: of health nuggets that the the mainstream population has ever heard. Right. I mean how can you have a cure for cancer when maybe – that woman's cause of breast cancer was because of her pesticide exposure every day, where the other person over here is because she's eating too much sugar, and this guy down the street is because he's getting exposed to Roundup on a daily basis, and then maybe the person that came from you know, uh, Japan near the, um, the nuclear spill three years ago got exposed to something there, right. or, or maybe or just the
0: person who goes and gets the yearly annual recommended mammograms, which we've right. seen bad research about those now
1: increases your chance of cancer I think 1% every year. So if you start getting them at age 30 in the time you're 60, you got a 30% increase there. Right. So how could we create a drug that actually affix all of those underlying causes? You can't. You can't. So we just gotta make sure we understand that, that there is no such thing as a catch-all even in functional medicine. We focus on body systems that typically get affected when people present with certain symptoms. And for the most part, if there's any catch-all that you could—I would let you err on the side of, typically the gut's a pretty big catch-all for everything. Now, it may be the gut and the adrenals and the gut and something else, but typically the gut is almost always going to be a piece of the puzzle, but it may not be the whole puzzle. Right, right.
0: So you would say, I mean, in most cases, it's at least half of the battle is getting the gut straightened out because that is going to affect the ability to produce hormones. Like you mentioned, the ability to uptake thyroid hormones and have all these other systems working properly. So it's not necessarily
1: our starting place, but it's a big piece of the pie. Yeah. And a lot of times we can't start there per se because people's uh, energy systems, their adrenals, their thyroid are so flogged they can't generate the energy. And if we went after infections, they would feel like crap. Oh, yeah. So one of the first places we do work on is cutting the foods out, the bad foods, and adding the good foods. And then number two, right next to that, is adding the digestive secretion so our patients can break down their foods. Remember, good food can be toxic to the body if it's sitting there rotting. Who wants to go eat the organic spinach that's sitting on your counter for a week versus, you know, in the fridge for a day or two and then eating later? Right? You wouldn't want to eat that. And then also, we just touch upon the nutrient deficiency. We talked about B12, right? B12 is important for creating healthy, mature red blood cells. Uh, we also need iron for energy and oxygen carrying capacity. We need iron to make thyroid hormone. So if someone's got a thyroid issue, we got to look at hydrochloric acid. We got to make sure PPIs aren't part of the mix. Uh, what about osteoporosis? We need calcium and magnesium. Digestion. Well, if we got if we're on Boniva or if we're on osteo or whatever the other medications are out there, is the big one, then you know, you're not getting to the root cause if you're also on a proton pump inhibitor and not digesting your minerals or ionizing your minerals too.
0: Right. So you lots liter- of studies
1: on that. You literally fall apart in every aspect. Oh my gosh, I know. And then also there's some studies on that talking about Basically, PPIs uh, having a higher risk of heart attack. And, and what could be the potential mechanism? Well, I think it's partly some of the minerals, right? We need magnesium. To, it's a natural beta blocker to keep our heart in check. Healthy minerals help conduct uh, nervous system impulse. We also need it to break down proteins, which typically have antioxidants in them, and healthy cholesterol, which is important antioxidant. Building block for our hormones, also things like CoQ10 and L-carnitine to help our heart have the energy and generate the ATP for our heart to pump. So that kind of makes sense, right? We got increased cardiovascular, increased uh, nutrient absorption. We altered the gut with the SIBO and with the malabsorption. So a lot of different things come. And you also mentioned the cognitive things too. So you can see how everything gets affected here.
0: Yeah. So where should we go? Where should we go from this? We've outlined
1: it. Everybody's like, Holy smokes. Now what? All right. So you're listening to this podcast. Great. You're just listening to it for the, for the brain candy. Awesome. Grab some popcorn or maybe some uh, <laughs> chocolate avocado pudding, right, to keep it more autoimmune paleo and just enjoy the show. But if you're like listening to it with the perspective of like, yeah, I got some of those symptoms. Well, what's your first step? Well, obviously, we always talk about diet piece. So I would start with a good autoimmune diet. That's a good, important thing. So that's no grains, no legumes, no dairy. That's the auto. That's the paleo filter. The second filter on top of that is the autoimmune one. That's where we cut out the nuts, the seeds, the nightshades, and the eggs. Patients do that for a minimum of four weeks. But if they're continuing to get benefits at four weeks, don't stop until you plateau. Patients are like, oh, four weeks in. Even though I'm so much better in this area and that area, I'm going to go back on nuts and eggs. It's like, well, hold on. If you're getting great results, don't. Don't, uh, you know, don't mess with the good thing. If it ain't broken, don't fix it. So I always say don't go on the old foods again, autoimmune foods, until you plateau. Uh, number two, once you do that, making sure you're digesting your foods is essential. Adding in a good enzyme product. I mean I have my enzyme synergy product. I like you have one as well. A good enzyme will be great. Now if you have acid, over acid symptoms, start with an enzyme without hydrochloric acid because people that do have digestive issues, their gut lining is so thin, even something like hydrochloric acid may be too much. Something that's just an all enzyme will be helpful, and then tinker around with a shot of lemon juice or a teaspoon to a tablespoon of uh, apple cider vinegar. If you can tolerate that, then you can start to taper in hydrochloric acid down the road. When you have been on a medication like this long term, you really wanna work with a functional medicine professional. Uh, I always recommend letting the prescribing doctor know what you're doing, say I want to go off it, make sure they're okay with it. If you have an ulcer and they're like don't go off it yet, let's give it time for the ulcer to heal, you want to heed that recommendation. So let your prescribing doctor know what's going on, make sure they're okay with it and then do all the diet and lifestyle things. You can always add in enzymes while you're on the proton pump inhibitor and then you can always make the diet changes and then work with a good functional medicine provider that can help dial in the hydrochloric acid, and then go to the 5 hours, because what's inevitable is an infection is probably present that needs to be addressed next. Yeah, so the mainstream practice is not
0: always bad. In the case of ulcers, like you mentioned, you may need a PPI for a short time so that you can let that thing heal, but generally speaking, there's something going on that led to that in the first place. So if you're there, then you may have to dig yourself out of that first before you can jump on it, but... But yeah, that's great advice. So then it sounds like the next step, once we get the foundations in order, is looking into testing. So let's rule things in.
1: Bacterial problems, yeast problems, parasitic infections. Um, So SIBO testing, yeast, fungal testing, parasite testing. Also, just know that your conventional medical doctor, it's not in their scope to get you off these meds for the most part. A med's prescribed, and you're typically going to be on for a very, very long time. I've had many patients that been on these meds for years. Now most of the time the the underlying cause is never addressed, therefore they need it. They have to be on it. So the medical doctor really isn't motivated because when the patient misses it, they're like, oops, that hurt, I got that burning. So it kind of motivates the patient to stay on it and not really look to the the root cause. But in functional medicine land, we look deeper and we're able to help a lot of people get off these medications with their doctor's help and, and backing essentially so we do it the right way.
0: Exactly, that's well said. So, stool but also testing, the next, so yeah, stool. Go ahead. Go, I was just going to outline that. So, stool testing, maybe yeah. some SIBO breath testing, just getting the baselines, rolling things in, rolling things out, and then what were you going to say next?
1: Well, when we are on acid blocking medications, especially if our gut lining's thin, it almost always means we have weak IGA levels and weak adrenals. So we always want to look at the adrenals because the adrenals help reduce inflammation. If we're inflamed, we want to make sure our adrenals are natural anti-inflammatory, our natural ibuprofen's working to help reduce inflammation, okay? That's going to help build up our gut lining too. We need healthy cortisol levels to build our IgA up. And then also um, number three, we got to have good energy, right? So if our adrenals aren't working properly because they're too busy putting out the fire in your gut. Well, you're going to feel fatigued. And you're probably going to even have brain fog too. So the adrenals are important. And then if you're having thyroid symptoms, right? Cold hands, cold feet, constipation, mood issues, depression, outer third of the eyebrow thinning, hair loss, right? Any of those symptoms, you want to look at the thyroid too, because that may be affected as well. Yep. I was going to
0: say also, Making sure that you, you you outlined it already, but the order of things too, and like there's a lot of gut healing supplements that people may do. Like I've seen just over the past week, a lot of people just taking things and kind of willy nilly just because they read about it, like slippery elm and marshmallow and all of these gut soothing herbs, aloe vera. But you may not need to jump straight to that if the infection has not been identified and removed yet those things may help and likely can't hurt, but you're going to just be kind of spinning your wheels and wasting your money
1: at some level. Yeah, if you're doing that, like in my line, I have a product called GI Restore we use. I know in your line, you have one as well. We'll use those, but we're always using them in conjunction with getting to the root cause, if not now or in the next month or so. A lot of people use those just to control symptoms. It's like, all right, instead of an acid blocking med, here are some enzymes and hydrochloric acid and some soothing herbs and nutrients and now glutamine. A lot better. A lot of the underlying causes are addressed there but if we're not addressing the lifestyle causes or the food causes, you know, that's strike one. If you're not addressing the infections, that's strike two. And if you're missing the um, adrenal piece, that's strike three, right? So we want to really have a comprehensive approach that looks at everything. So let's say we forgot everything up to this point, right? Number one, change your diet, paleo slash paleo autoimmune, that's step one. Uh, Step two. Get on some enzymes at least. This is where you want to start working with a functional medicine professional before you go deeper. Step three would then be doing the testing to assess the gut. And if you have deeper symptoms, address the adrenals and thyroid. And then even deeper, maybe the organic acids, especially because of the mitochondrial dysfunction that can happen with these medications long term. Uh, Well said. Any other clinical anecdotes you want to give about patients that you've seen on PPIs, Evan?
0: Yeah, well... One thing that was interesting last week is a female who her adrenals actually showed up fine, which I was surprised because she had so much fatigue going on. But then she showed up with a Clostridia bacterial overgrowth, and she actually had a history of a PPI. I don't believe she's on one currently. I think she had a history of one for 10 years. And so she showed up with Clostridia bacteria. It didn't show up on the stool panel, but it showed up on the organics. And then all ah. the, the mitochondrial markers were... Very high. succinic acid and others were very high. And then the amino acid portion, it was so low that it hardly registered. And I was like, oh, right. my, oh my God. I said, do you feel, like how do you feel after you get done with a meal? She was like, I feel like I don't absorb anything. I'm like, well, we can clearly see it here. Your amino acids are flatlined. And right. so it was just really interesting to me because you and I talk so much about adrenals and we work with so many people with adrenal issues that to find someone that has decent adrenals was shocking yeah and then i was like okay and then you have to wait a few days you know to get the other labs and it's like oh now the light bulb went off here's why it's a whole other system that's dysfunctioning that you're never going to get that measured by going to the clinic down the street and getting your standard of care yearly check-in it's just never going to happen
1: absolutely and also i'm going to leave everyone here with a couple of clinical pearls because the big benefit of this show really is you're working with two clinicians that are in the trenches working with patients. We aren't just doing research all week long and making theoretical um, statements, we're understanding the big picture, we're working with people and we're taking our clinical information and sharing it. Quick clinical pearl number one, separate your enzymes and your hydrochloric acid. A lot of people are taking like an enzyme HCL product like maybe super enzymes is a common one. Good product. But if you are on a proton pump inhibitor and have gut issues, you want to separate your enzymes from your hydrochloric acid. Why? Because your gut lining may be so thin, you may not be able to handle more than a couple hundred milligrams of hydrochloric acid. And now if your enzymes are bound up with that, now your enzymes are limited to whatever amount of hydrochloric acid you can take because there's a package deal where if you get them on separately— Let's say you can only handle a quarter of a capsule of hydrochloric acid, but you can still ramp up the enzymes to two, three, four caps, where before you'd be stuck with maybe an eighth of the dose. Yep. Number one is that. Number two is don't go on hydrochloric acid off the bat. Focus on enzymes. Add in a a tablespoon of apple cider vinegar. See if you can tolerate it. See if it makes your symptoms better. Take it with food. Some people mess up the hydrochloric acid stuff by taking it at the end of their meal and it just stacks on top of their food and burns their esophagus. So we really want to emphasize that. And last thing, I didn't really go under the main mechanism. I missed it. I say it so many times to my patients, but I forgot it today. One of the main causes of hydrochloric acid issues, one of the main mechanisms is actually a low levels of hydrochloric acid, right? Because GERD and acid reflux happen because of low levels of hydrochloric acid the food rots, rancidifies, putrefies. Organic acids from that food rotting rise up and then burn the esophagus. esophagus, the top part where that cardiac sphincter comes in and tightens up and basically closes down the stomach environment from the esophagus environment. And most people with low levels of hydrochloric acid, they don't get that tightening of the esophageal sphincter, that cardiac sphincter, number one, and number two, they get the food rotting and then they get the organic acids rising up where if the hydrochloric acid levels were high enough off the bat, they probably would have broke down those foods without any problems. And it would have killed off the pe- potential pathogens
0: in that food as well, undercooked, Absolutely, undercooked food, mishandled food, sushi, etc. Like I had a female that she went to India, showed up clean stool test, went to India, I think, I don't know if I had her on enzymes at that time or not, it's been about a month or so, came back, symptoms and infection, and it's like I wonder what would have happened if the high dose of enzymes and HCL would have been in her
1: travel kit, maybe we could have prevented that situation from happening. Big time. I got a whole video coming out on what to do when traveling, supplement-wise, and then also some people gotta go a little deeper, they gotta do some GAP stuff or FODMAP or SCD. Specific carbohydrate diet and stuff because their guts just really messed up. This is where people like me and you are great resources. So, again, everyone listening, grab whatever you can from this info here. Listen to it twice. Check out the transcripts. Give us a review. If you're really liking it, go over to iTunes, not just paleo.com. What's your little end link after that? I'll make it iTunes. It'll be not just paleo slash iTunes. iTunes. Yeah, give us some reviews, guys. We love hearing back from you. We want to provide great information. Our goal is to be able to touch over a million people. I know Evan has. I have too. But let's say 10 million people so we can really help change the world and get them off the uh, addiction to the conventional medical uh, treatment pathway, so to speak.
0: Yep. Yep, amen. I know when people hear, "Oh, leave us a review." It's so easy for this podcast to end and then you just put your phone away or your laptop, but I know it takes a little bit of effort. You actually have to go into Beyond Wellness, go into not just Paleo on iTunes, and you have to literally click write a review button on your iPhone or your computer, PC, or Mac in the iTunes app, and then you have to click some stars, whatever stars you think we deserve, and then you actually have to type, type the review, That's it- submit. That's how you do it. I've gotten over 200 five-star reviews worldwide, but we should get that number to a thousand, five thousand, ten thousand, however many it needs to take so that we continue to beat out… Jillian Michaels in her
1: podcast I know my gosh I just can't stand the eat less exercise more mindset it's so much more nuanced than that and also everyone knows someone on these medications shoot this podcast over to them have them listen to it it could change their life amen Evan it's been awesome make sure you say hi to your wife and summer for me I sure will oh and then by the way I got butter here she says hi too (laughs) hey butter take care she's unsalted by the way cool
0: (laughs) take care see ya bye bye As always, I hope you enjoyed that show. You know, listening back myself, I was like, man, we were really hyped up today. So if that was intense or overwhelming, maybe slow down, go back and listen to it again. You know, this is a controversial subject and a hot topic for Justin and I just because it is such a struggle and I was prescribed a PPI myself and I could have destroyed my health potentially. I could have really went down the wrong path very early on in my life. And I am so grateful that I did not do that and that the alarm went off in my head when I had that prescription written and that I didn't do it. So, you know, we're not against anyone. I don't judge or criticize anybody for the decisions they've made about PPIs. I just want you to get better. I want you to feel well. I want you to be able to eat food and digest your nutrients so that you can hang out with your children and go hiking with your spouse and do the things that you love. That's what this whole show is about it's not about always chasing the next miracle supplement it's not now I have my own professional product line that is some of the highest quality stuff on the planet I don't pitch it that much I don't promote it that much I offer a couple of discounts per year and and that's it and I know that I'm providing that to people that I'm working with and to the general public as well but this is not about the next magic thing this is about enjoying Every moment that you possibly can in life, spending the time with the people that you want to spend the time with, sp- spending time with people that uplift you, not bring you down, and removing all of the barriers to your health and happiness that cause that. You know, I'm a wounded warrior. Justin, he's a wounded warrior himself. So, this is why I share our conversations together on this show. I'm really grateful that you've been so open to him coming on the show so often. You know, if you didn't listen to why I've brought Justin on to the podcast so often in previous episodes, it's very simple, and that's because if I'm constantly interviewing someone new each week, maybe there's a little bit of novelty in that, and it's great to to meet new people, and I love having conversations with new people. However, you can't really dive into some of the clinical stuff with these people, so I really wanted to share the pearls that Justin and I and the other. 20 or 30 hours per week that we're not doing the podcast and our youtube channels we're doing trench work and i want to share that so that's why i do it and i am taking your download numbers to heart and realizing wow this is a big deal people are really enjoying these episodes so thanks for your support As always, I'm available for 15-minute free phone consults to talk about your health symptoms and talk about your goals, more importantly. What do you want to do once these symptoms are resolved? Because that's really what this whole thing in life is about. You can schedule that consult back at my website, notjustpaleo.com. If you've made it this far in the podcast, go check out my website i've just released a new video series it's a three part series it's on the most common stressors that i see to people's bodies and what you can do to resolve them at the end of the series you have access to a program you know i've talked about stress solutions which is my ebook now i've had some extra interviews four extra interviews and a bunch of other bonuses added to that to make an entire program and that is available at the website, but the three-part video series that is part of that is, is completely free. All you gotta do is go to my homepage, you'll see start video course now, you click it, you enter your email, you get on my email list if you're not already, and then you start the video series. And that's it, it's completely free, no catch. So check that out and I look forward to talking with you soon. Take care, bye bye.
1: I say it's all good, yeah, like everything's cool Kiss her girl Let me please her She doesn't have a clue that he's never been close Why I'm in mean the tire, got to watch out, girl Don't wanna see her, put her eyes out, girl Cause I've been watching, you've been hurting Let me be the one that loves you
0: better